Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding. Thank you and welcome to another show. Thanks for joining me today. All right, so we are in the new year. If you're listening to this this week, I have some exciting news. And I'd also just like to say Happy New Year. All right, so to kick off this new year, and this is great for any time you're listening, but strategic planning is really important to do at any time throughout the year, but a lot of people do like to do it at the beginning or end of calendar years or the beginning of the end of their fiscal year. That may be different. So maybe your fiscal year um, is aligned with the federal government, so it's October 1st until September 30, that sort of thing. Um, so it really doesn't matter so much, but just kind of like New Year's resolutions, a lot of people do like to do it at the beginning of the year. It's a lot cleaner. It's just, it makes sense to do things in calendar years. So what I'm talking about today is how to conduct nonprofit strategic planning for your best year ever. And you've started to get prepared in the past, but you always end up getting caught in 24-7 virtual fires. So let me know if that's you. All right. And sometimes, you know, we hear strategic planning kind of thrown around in circles, but maybe you aren't exactly sure what it means. What and how do you actually strategize, right? So what is exactly does this mean? You may have wanted to do this in the past, but sit there and say, all right, let's do strategic planning and nobody really knows where to start. All right, so that is going to be old and forgotten about, right? After this podcast, you're gonna know how to do strategic planning and what it's all about. In this week's podcast, I'm going to go over exactly what nonprofit strategic planning is and give you a step-by-step outline. However, if you want the full breakdown to learn the process in a comprehensive way, including tons of downloadables and checklists, then you may want to check out the newly released Nonprofit Strategic Planning Master Course. This is now out January 8th, 2020, and there's a discount of $200 until January 10th, 2020. So just you have a couple of days to get this discount. And if you want to have those 47 videos that include 10 complete modules, 21 downloadables and checklists, a certificate of completion, a bonus of 50% lifetime discount off of my private coaching, access to a private Facebook, and a live monthly group coaching um, call, video call, then make sure you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash nonprofit dash strategic dash planning dash course. All right, so all the bonuses may not be included after January 10th, so be sure to check it out. Of course, I'm going to have this course up so you're able to get it at any time, but like I said, you're not gonna have the $200 discount and you're not gonna have all of the bonuses potentially, right? So however, the course will still be available, like I said, just not at the highly discounted price and with all the bonuses. So once again, the link is grantwritingandfunding.com, so that's all one word, forward slash nonprofit dash strategic dash planning dash course. All right, so let's get back to um, to today and giving you the outline. So why is nonprofit strategic planning important? Well, for nonprofit leaders, this is for you. If you are burned out of doing the same old fundraisers, you always miss the deadline for that perfect grant, and you are overwhelmed of putting out virtual fires instead of 
focusing on growth for your nonprofit organization. And this could be if you're on the board of directors, if you're an executive director, if you're the development director, it doesn't necessarily need to be you're the president, right? But if you are in some kind of leadership position. Freelance consultants, this is for you if you are a consultant and want an easy to learn and easy to customize service to help those nonprofits that you work with get more funding. You want multiple streams of income. Maybe during the non-high grant season, you want something else that you can help your clients with. And you want to learn clear action steps in a simple way that will make you the expert, right? And this can also be important to help out those nonprofits that may not be grant ready yet. Or instead of always depending on grants, this will give you another thing to help nonprofits build up multiple streams of income for their nonprofit as well. All right, so here, here we go. So most nonprofits do just do not set aside time for strategic planning. That is a huge flaw, as Benjamin Franklin says, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? So however I get it, you don't even know where to start. Maybe you scrape together a few YouTube videos and a variety of downloadables and have a 200 page manual <laughs> you just mic it around to. Of course, we know that that leads to overwhelm, confusion, and lack of true direction. So in this week's podcast, you are going to learn what to do in all your strategic planning, how to roll it out, and how it can benefit your nonprofit, or in the case of the freelance grant, uh, grant writer, the nonprofits you serve. Strategic planning helps to eliminate overwhelm, burnout, and strain from mission. It also helps to increase sustainable income streams for both nonprofits and consultants, and advances the mission of the nonprofit. So let's go ahead and go over the outline. So I have 10 steps. Number one, define your mindset and schedule. Most nonprofit leaders and freelance consultants that I work with have a mindset that constantly hinders their success. After years of working alongside successful nonprofits and freelance consultants, I've learned the mindsets they bring to the nonprofit arena. Therefore, it is important to first simply put time aside to actually do your strategic planning. A weekend day can be magical, <laughs> or even entire Thursday and Friday is even better so you don't have to pull people away from their family time and their time off. If you can't get everyone together for such a long time you know, period, then adding an hour to your weekly meeting each, you know, every single week to work on each of these different areas can be doable. If you are a freelance consultant, then you can facilitate a weekend or weekday intense strategic planning or maybe meet with the board of directors at their monthly meetings for six months or even 10 months if you wanna do one thing each month. There are different ways to work it in. Some of you may groan at taking two days away from your nonprofit's work, but believe you me, you will get such exponential positive results from this that you will be sure to schedule this retreat in annually, very happily, every single year from now on out. <laughs> so who do you invite to the strategic planning? Well, this really depends on the size of your organization. You may choose to do this retreat with only your board of directors and executive staff, or you might be able to invite your entire staff. I love having all staff, volunteers, interns, etc., at strategic planning um, events because it demonstrates that you wanna hear everyone's voice and they all have value. This can really help with your nonprofit morale. However, I also get that some nonprofits want the planning to be shorter and more efficient, and in the first year may only um, do it with their board of directors, right? Or you may just be a startup nonprofit and all you have is your board of directors, and that is fine. All right, so number two, conduct a SWOT analysis. 
What if you were able to know every strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat of your nonprofit and know how to use your strengths to mitigate your threats or know how to use your opportunities to reduce your weaknesses? Wouldn't that be amazing? So what you're gonna do is you're first going to brainstorm all the strengths of your nonprofit. And there's different ways that you can do this. Um, but for the sake of this purpose, for this podcast, what you can do is you could do it as a group, right? Everybody brainstorm the strengths. Second, brainstorm all the weaknesses, right? What are all the weaknesses? Third, list all the opportunity your nonprofit has, but may not have secured yet or acted on yet. And then fourth, list all the potential threats that are external to your nonprofit that you don't have control over. And this exercise is super important in really examining a nonprofit. For example, you may think that the morale of your staff is a strength to your nonprofit, but someone else thinks it's a weakness. They say, actually, I don't see a lot of collaboration. It's actually a weakness. This can really magnify some interesting items and showcase what your nonprofit culture really is. Another thing you can do is then see how your strengths can mitigate any weaknesses and so forth. This is how you put your SWOT into action, right? So what is also another great outcome of the SWOT is that you also generate some interesting words. Just by brainstorming all of these elements, right? You have all these different words that come up. You have maybe empowerment. You have um, maybe it's great that staff morale, all of these different kinds of words. And just these concepts are being generated. And you can see that some might be repeated. This leads to the next item is to determine your values. So by utilizing some of the concepts and words within the SWOT, then can also lead to implementing these words into your values and into your dun dun dun. Number three, create the best mission and vision statements. All right, so successful nonprofits have amazing mission and vision statements. However, this is much harder than it sounds, but there is a formula. To develop a mission statement, you wanna look at what your nonprofit is doing today, for whom, and what is the benefit? In this way, you're really looking at actionable items that are being done now. For the vision statement, three questions to consider are, what do we wanna do going forward? When do we wanna do it? And how do we wanna do it? So I always like to look at mission is today, vision is tomorrow. So really having a formula of how to write these. And remember, you want these to be succinct, to be easily memorized, and to really showcase the culture of your nonprofit. So once again, taking some of those words from your SWOT and integrating them into your mission and vision can be very, very valuable, and it can make a lot of sense, right? It means you're on task, you, that you're maintaining the effort and advancing the mission then of your nonprofit entirely. In the course, of course, <laughs> the course, of course, I walk you through how to create the best mission and vision statements for your nonprofit, even if you already have one. This will ensure that your nonprofit or the nonprofits that you work with are always on task with creating the right projects and reaching their mission. That leads us to number four. Define your target demographic and conduct a simple needs and strengths assessment. Merely believing you know what your target demographic is, is not good enough. You may think you serve a certain demographic, but it is important to really identify who or what this demographic is. For example, is it just all people in recovery? Or is it 12 to 18 year olds in Cool City? So niching down is not necessarily bad at all. So if you wanna reach these 12 to 18 year olds in Cool City that have co-occurring disorders and substance use disorders. Wow, 
that's niched down. But it's very easy then to know what types of projects to develop, who you're actually serving, what their needs are, etc. Going wide and broad can actually hinder your nonprofit. So this can be really amazing. The other thing is, once you get really good at serving this niche down demographic, you may see a trend, right? Maybe a lot of them are actually uh, have uh, suffered from trauma, other types of sexual abuse or something like that. So you open up a victim's program as well, right? Or a survivor's program. So in that way, you get really good at what you're doing and then you see what other kind of trends are highly associated with the de demographic. And then you may consider broadening a little bit wider or opening another project. But first start very targeted. A needs and strengths assessment can be as simple or as complex as you want. Maybe you start with a simple survey of your target demographic to ensure you are meeting specific needs or you get the information needed to start a project, right? So all of a sudden you say we need to start a residential center because these kids, you know, they have co-occurring disorders, they have substance use disorders, and a lot of them are homeless, they have nowhere to live, they need this residential recovery program. So that gives you a lot of really great information. So you could just start with a simple survey of your target demographic, right? You could also have focus groups to include more conversations and more qualitative information. So this could be super beneficial, not just for your strategic planning, but also when you are applying for grants, for corporate partnerships, um, this gives you some data. And it also helps with any kind of information you may want to publish on your website, social media, etc. So that's number four. Number four was target demographic and conducting a simple needs and strengths assessment. And as a side note, this can be a standalone service that you as a freelance consultant can offer nonprofits. Number five, apply resource mapping to increase funding. All right, resource mapping is another kind of tag phrase that's thrown along <laughs> alongside strategic planning. You may have heard of it a lot, but don't really know what it is. Um, so I'm gonna explain that real quick. So this ties it all together with your nonprofit strategic planning. In order to really evaluate what is working, you must track it. List down every single monetary resource your nonprofit received last year and the last few years even. How much money did your nonprofit receive from products, services, grants, fundraising, donations, others, right? Think monetary, actual cash. And then write down um, from who, what purpose was the money we used for, and how much. Now look at in-kind resources. So those are not necessarily money or cash, but they're things that may offset you spending the cash. So in-kind goods, services, manpower, what was donated to your nonprofit last year? And these could be things like, if your landlord doesn't charge you for rent, right? All of a sudden that's like, if it was $1,000 a month, that could be saving you $12,000 a year. So you wanna go ahead and write down from who this was collected, how much, what was the value equal to? So that $12,000, it was equal to that much value. And for what purpose was the resource used for? Well, your headquarters, right? So now look at both and estimate what you wanna receive in the next year. And also make sure that you include the next one to say, okay, we wanna, our goal is to get $100,000 next year because we got $80,000 last year. Well, that's kind of abstract because you need to also list down who is responsible for contacting each source, by what date, how much are they gonna ask for? And the final thing, which a lot of people don't do, how will you show appreciation? Remember, 
Think of these resources as partners and make sure you show appreciation. Don't just reach out to them once a year for asking for money, right? Think of how can we actually partner with them more and you know more things and to show them how they're benefiting our beneficiaries, our target demographic, and really how are we gonna show that? How are we gonna be, create a relationship? All right, so number six now. Define goals, objectives, and activities. Without a plan, you will fail, remember? <laughs> so having an overarching goal for your nonprofit or maybe each area of your nonprofit, maybe you want a goal for your fiscal, maybe you want a goal for your operations, maybe you want a goal for your manpower, right? So maybe just separate those into separate goals. And without having an overarching goal, you will have no direction. So I will show you how to create goals, smart objectives, and activities through timetables throughout the course. But basically what you need to do is create, identify a goal that's overarching, big and audacious. We're gonna end homelessness amongst the 12 to 18 year olds in cool city that have co-occurring disorders and substance use disorders. That's huge, right? Your objectives then are very, very smart, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. And we talk about those a lot in the podcast and in the grants formula. So if you have not grabbed the grants formula, please do that at grantwritingandfunding.com. But anyways, yeah, so we wanna make sure that they're smart so you can reach your goal. And then each activity through timetables, what are what is each thing that you're gonna roll out every single week to help reach that objective? So your tiny steps. So you're like peeling back that onion. You're really showing the small steps that will lead to the big ones. So identify the goal, the objectives, and the activities needed to be completed to reach your mission and vision of your nonprofit. Remember to task each activity to someone and put a deadline on it. Then review the status of these steps at weekly meetings. Once you break them down into these weekly small mini steps, it really is powerful. And this may all sound super familiar because you're like, Holly, you talk about this in grants all the time. Yes, I do, right? But you can do the same thing for your nonprofit as a whole. Number seven, prioritize your nonprofit's projects. Now you can tie everything together that you've learned. No more chasing the money with projects that sizzle out as soon as the funding ends. This step ensures that you create the best projects for your nonprofit to actually advance the mission of your nonprofit. Look at how each project and see, okay, so you might wanna say, here's some different projects that we wanna do. We saw this now, we did our SWOT analysis, we did our target demographic, we did our needs and strengths assessment, and we came up with these different ideas that yes, these youth ages 12 to 18 in Cool City who have co-occurring disorders and substance use disorders and are homeless, they really have articulated that they want a residential program. And they've also articulated different types of services. So what I want you to do then is to say, okay, maybe you had a few different ideas of projects you wanted to roll out. So you first have to identify how much money it's gonna take, how many resources, including manpower, do you need volunteers, do you need to hire additional staff, um, do you need facilitators, all of that, what the benefit will be, and if it aligns with your mission. So those are four things that you can ask whenever you're looking at any project, and I'll just repeat that real quick. How much money it will take, how many resources, including manpower it will take, what the benefit will be, and if it aligns with your mission. So you can do this step for each project idea, and then of course select the one that will take the fewest resources, impact your target demographic in the greatest way, and aligns the closest with your mission. So for example, you may say, okay, it is going to be a residential center 
and maybe that it's actually going to cost the most money, but we're going to be able to serve 300 youth every single year. And that has the biggest impact towards our mission of, you know, no homeless youth at all uh, with co-occurring disorders or substance use disorders ages 12 to 18 in Cool City. Like, that's amazing. So we're actually going to go for that one. And we also are going to have to hire five people. And we're going to need a facility, etc. But at least now you have a really good idea of why you're doing it and what the impact will be. Sorry, there's drilling upstairs. <laughs> you may hear that. All right. So, of course, now let's move on to number eight. Conduct contingency planning and create a logic model. Every successful nonprofit knows that contingencies are necessary. If something may not work, you identify it and create a solution and a sustainability plan. But how? Well, make sure you look at what the challenges may be, what contingencies you will put into place, and your sustainability plan. So the challenge may be having too many people accessing your services, right? There's too many youth now. You can only serve 300 a year and you have 500 that are applying. Well, the contingency could be creating a waiting list or a priority list. Maybe those with um, co-occurring disorders are prioritized, that sort of thing. And the sustainability plan could be that you will create lifetime partners with a certain foundation to fund the project, right? So maybe you actually apply for a CDBG grant, community development block grant, to get the residential center completely paid for and built. And those there are few, <laughs> few grants that do that, but that is one of those that will do that. So that would be amazing. Then you don't have to pay rent, et cetera. It reduces overall costs. And of course, a logic model is creating a one-page graph that includes input or resources, Output, so the activities, and outcomes, short, medium, and long term. And this is great as you will be able to show all resources required for the project. So what the outputs or quantitative numbers will be, such as how many people served. And then the outcome or behavior changes, such as increase in sobriety among youth in Cool City. So it really is cool just to see this as a one-page snapshot. And as a bonus, grants often ask for logic models, and you will always stand out amongst the competition knowing how to create a logic model. So that is entirely explained, examples given, et cetera, in the course. All right, we have two more. All right, number nine, develop strategic data management tracking. You may be working on a million projects, but what data are you collecting? Is any of the tremendous effort that you put into running a nonprofit and running projects even being captured? This is one of the most detrimental things I see that nonprofits do. They put so much energy into the doing, but none of it in collecting information or documentation of what they're doing. So at the end of their year, they're like, we did a lot, but I have nothing to really show. I have very few pictures even, you know, but I know that we did a lot. <laughs> so that doesn't really say anything. This step creates data for your nonprofit that will help you win grants, create credibility with your beneficiaries and community. You can even publish it on your website and have social media content and get more corporate sponsors. So here's some items you wanna look at, and it is a lot, and it sounds like a lot, but it can be pretty simple. So there's several, or many questions here, and I'm gonna go over each one very briefly and give you an example. The first one is, why are you getting information? Well for grant purposes and to direct projects. Simple as that, guys. What is your project goal? To increase sobriety among youth ages 12 to 18 years old in Cool City. What is your objective data element? 
Provide a residential center for youth ages 12 to 18 years old in Cool City who have co-occurring disorders or substance use disorders. Remember our objective? <laughs> so that's your data element, right? What information do you desire? To collect information on the number of youth accessing the residential center, how many screening forms are filled out, how many youth maintain sobriety, number of services accessed, length of direction, duration at center, etc. Right, so those could be some information that you desire to capture. And that is also going to be what data needs to be collected. You're going to say the same thing. You're going to have to have the screening forms, number of youth accessing the residential center, the number of youth maintaining sobriety, the number of services they access at the residential service, so maybe or center. So maybe they um, also do some workforce training. Maybe some of them do AA meetings, NA meetings, counseling, life coaching, all of those different services that you may offer at your residential center. And the length of duration. So maybe one stays a month maybe one stays nine months, et cetera. So you really wanna capture that information because it's gonna show you how to steer your project, right? Who collects the data? Easy, the project director. How will the data be collected? Through the online software that we have at our nonprofit, rosters and screening forms. Doesn't have to be some super fancy, expensive project management system that costs $50,000 and through only evaluation consultants that cost 90,000, right? Okay, guys, can be very simple. What is the frequency of the collection of data? Weekly. Where will the data be stored? In online locked software. Why will this data be useful? Right? Always go back to the why behind everything you do. Well, it's useful because it tracks budgets. It's also going to be used for grants and to gain other funding source partnerships and to share with our community. Who and then of course, who will you share this data with? funding sources, community coalition, coalitions, our beneficiaries, and on our website. So you can see all these questions, and what I have them outlined is um, in a graph. You can outline these on a graph on one piece of paper where each question is a column, and you can fill in all this information. You can see how this really isn't complicated when it's broken down, so don't think data management and completely freak out because you don't have a CPA <laughs> degree. You can also see how being this having this information is being prepared with what you want for a project. It can really help strengthen it as your project director will know exactly what data is important and what to do, right? Every little thing is then marked out for them. It's so awesome. This will also help you secure grants and funding because you have all this information to say, this is how what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna gather data. This is what we're gonna do with it, etc." That is awesome for grants as they're going to say, oh, they're going to be able to implement this project because they have this simple data management plan. This is amazing. Yes, let's fund them. <laughs> and of course, it creates credibility by showcasing what your nonprofit actually does. All right, so are you ready for number 10? Number 10, here we go. This is the final one. Our final step in nonprofit strategic planning is to schedule your nonprofit's calendar. Do you actually have a calendar for the year? Do you know when and why you are doing each and every activity? Are you sure that each event won't collide with another event in the community? And are your quarters broken up into steps to reach each goal? Or are you doing the same old fundraiser each year just because? Maybe you're missing that same grant deadline again this year that you so promised yourself that you were gonna totally get and you were gonna submit that grant this year, but you missed it again because time got away from you. It is vital to look at your entire year and to list out every activity, 
fundraiser, grant deadline, and event that your nonprofit will be a part of or conduct. Next, identify the dates of any conflicting event, such as a regional conference, a competitor fundraiser event, right? You're both throwing a gala on the same day, ugh, right? <laughs> and it's both for recovery, but they're two different things. You're not partnering together. That would suck because all of a sudden, the people that really have a passion, they're gonna pick one or the other. They're, they may not support both of you and you may lose out on, on uh, corporate funders or just selling tickets. So make sure your scheduling doesn't conflict with any others or better yet, work with your competitors to create partnerships and throw the gala together, leverage one another. But if you don't actually look at the calendar, there may be some scheduling ooh, that goes on. So be smart, be strategic in your planning. Once you have this broken down, um, break everything now down into quarters and make sure you know what is due when, who will be responsible, and does it connect with your mission, your resource mapping, your projects, etc. Don't do the fundraiser just to do it. If it doesn't really connect with what you're doing anymore, now that you have your resource mapping, you have your projects identified, you know what you want to do this year, you have your goals for your nonprofit, you know, if, if it's not on par with that anymore, take it out, change it up, do something else. Don't just do the same old because that's what you do. In this way, you will be well on your way for the most productive year ever. So just to wrap it up, so number one, define your mindset and schedule out your strategic planning. Number two, conduct your SWOT analysis and your values. Number three, create the best mission and vision statements, or if you already have them, relook at them and make sure that they really line up with your values and your SWOT analysis. Number four, define your target demographic and conduct a simple needs and strengths assessment. Number five, apply resource mapping to increase funding. Remember, look at all your monetary resources from last year and your in-kind resources from last year, and then go ahead and schedule out everything you wanna do next year or in 2020, right if you're at the beginning of the year, who's gonna reach out to who, how much you're gonna ask for, and how you're gonna show appreciation. Number six, define your goals, objectives, and activities for your nonprofit. Really, what do you want to do? Do you want to have $500,000 this year? Do you want to secure that? And do you want to roll out a new project? Then you have to write down these as goals and create objectives and task activities to actually reach those goals. Don't just expect them to happen because they're out there. You got to do the work. Number seven, prioritize your nonprofit's projects, right? And remember, you can do that by looking at each project See how much money it will take, how many resources, including manpower, it will take, what the benefit will be, and if it aligns with your mission. The ones that closest line up with all of those are the ones that you should do first. <laughs> Number eight, conduct contingency planning and create a logic model. Now you know what project you want to roll out or what projects you want to do. Go ahead and make sure that you look at each challenge that may happen, put a contingency in place, and a sustainability plan. And then go ahead and create a logic model to include the resources necessary for each project, what activities, you know, how many people you actually want to reach or what's going to be done, and the outcomes, the behavior changes you want to see that once again line up with your mission statement. Number nine, develop strategic data management tracking. You need to ask all of the questions as far as who's going to gather the information, what are your project goals, what information do you need, what data needs to be collected, who collects the data, 
how the data will be collected, what the frequency of data collection will be, where the data will be stored, why the data is useful, and who the data will be shared with. And of course, number 10, schedule out your nonprofit's calendar. Make sure that you put everything in there and that still aligns with your mission and all of your new goals and your projects. And make sure there's no conflicting dates that may happen, right? And then go ahead and break it down into quarters so you know who is responsible for each item and how it's gonna be rolled out. And this way you're gonna, you're gonna eliminate that burnout, you're gonna eliminate those 24 hour fires, and you're really gonna be smart and have a deep breath in looking at your year and saying, wow, we are gonna reach that $500,000 this year because we have a plan. <laughs> If you love this episode, be sure to sign up for the Nonprofit Strategic Planning Master Course to get 47 videos, 21 downloadables, and checklist all in a 10-module series. To get all of the bonuses, including a lifetime 50% discount to personal coaching with me, monthly live group Zoom video calls, access to a private Facebook group, and $200 off, be sure to sign up by January 10th, 2020 at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash nonprofit dash strategic dash planning dash course. As a freelance grant writer, this will give you all the videos and templates needed to start conducting strategic planning for nonprofits that may not be grant ready yet, or you can just have for an additional stream of income. This is great for you. <laughs> I hope all of this helps for you. And as always, if you have any questions, be sure to reach out to me at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. And just as a little, little insight, next week, I have a very special guest on the podcast, Mr. Sean Croxton of the Quote of the Day Show. He runs a podcast. He's run many podcasts. He is amazing. You guys are going to love him. He talks about money mindset. He's going to blow your socks off with the science behind it. All right, guys, make sure you subscribe to Grant Writing and Funding um, to not miss out on any episodes. And I hope the strategic planning has really helped for you and you implement it. Let me know how this works for your nonprofit or the nonprofits that you serve. To your new year's success. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind the scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 